we're just going to start this off with a salute. Memorial Day vastly approaching May 30th, today being Tuesday, May 3rd, 27 days away, but man, those 27 days get gobbled up real quickly. Memorial Day will be right around the corner. So I have a guest that represents Memorial Day and everything about fighting for your country, standing up for the United States of America. We have Riley Klima back in the house, friend of Edge of Your Seat podcast. Actually, the last time we did this, and it was one of the beginning episodes of this show, was at Northbrook as she was a guest speaker to talk to the kids about her athletics and enlisting in the army. And now fast forward a little bit and she was deployed. She left Illinois Thursday, April 28th as she was deployed with the army. The crazy thing is Sunday, April 24th was her senior night for Rockford University. We were there, Edge of Your Seat podcast, watched the game. Shout out to Riley for giving us an invite. Then she played four away games, a doubleheader on Tuesday, a doubleheader on Wednesday, packed her bags, grabbed them, and left Thursday. So right now she's in Florida beginning training before she gets deployed overseas. Got a lot going on, so we had to start this episode with a salute. And of course, we're going to end the episode with a chat with Riley about everything she's had going on since the last time we talked. And there's a lot of awesomeness in the mix. But this is episode 223. I am your host, Brandon Lachance. You can listen to Edge of Your Seat podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our website, www.rss.com backslash podcast. That's with an S, it's plural, backslash Edge of Your Seat podcast. If you want to be a guest, if you know somebody that would be a good guest, if you want to sponsor with Edge of Your Seat podcast, if you have qualms or agree with something I said or a guest said, send us an email. Let us know. Edge of Your Seat podcast at gmail.com. Also got to give a huge shout out, Brian Cavelli, the mastermind behind the intro and outro beat for this very podcast. Send another salute to the SIU brother. This show is brought to you by Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Before we get to Riley, we got to talk some sports, of course. Let's break down the NBA playoffs. We're out of the first round. We are now in the division series in both conferences. So we got eight teams left in the West. The Suns got out of the first round against the Pelicans, 4-2. The Mavericks defeated the Jazz, 4-2. The Warriors defeated the Nuggets, 4-1. And the Grizzlies defeated the Timberwolves, 4-2. So no seven-game series. There was not one in the Eastern Conference either. And besides a couple games, there were kind of blowouts and just following the storylines of the teams and the players, but not really the games. Because obviously with the West, it was a wash. The Suns were the one seed. They win. The Mavericks were the four seed. They win. Warriors, the three. They win. Grizzlies, the two. They win. It went all chalk. There was no really upsets. There wasn't anything crazy. Devin Booker got hurt, but he came back. That kind of hurt the Suns or put in a twist in there. Luka Doncic missed the first two or three games with the Mavericks. The Jazz take two. But Jalen Brunson is all of a sudden a superstar. Dropped 41 points in one of those games. Steph Curry is coming off the bench. No worry. Jordan Poole is on fire. He's averaging like 30 points in the first round. And then he did it again against the Grizzlies in game one. The Grizzlies, a couple buzzer beaters against T-Wolves. And then the T-Wolves just kind of disappeared. So we got the Suns and the Mavericks. Suns won game one. I think the Suns are going to beat them. I mean, Luka Doncic is amazing. But the Suns are just too complete of a team. I don't think the Mavericks have enough for him. I really don't. 
you see the Mavericks offense just stops. Luka gets the ball and it becomes iso ball. Of course, he's got some assist. He can pass the ball really well. But if you D up everybody else or cut off the passing lanes, it's only a Luka show. He scored 36 or 38 in game one. And they were down by like 15 to 20 at one time. I think they lost by six or seven. But he's going to have to score like 50 to 60 to beat them. Spencer Dinwiddie didn't have a good night. Brunson didn't have a good night. They all have to be shooting at a high clip if they want to beat the Suns team. Warriors won game one. Grizz won game two tonight. So now it's 1-1 tied. I, I got the Warriors. I want to see the Suns and the Warriors in a Western Conference final. That would be amazing. I think it's the two best teams in the West. No offense to the Grizzlies. They did get the two seed, but the Warriors were hurt here and there. Steph Curry missed games. Klay Thompson, we all know him coming back and the rust effect and all those things. But the Warriors with Draymond Green, the guys that I've just mentioned, are playing amazing ball. Their defense is insane. They have shooters all over the court. Can't forget Andrew Wiggins. Gotta add him in there. They just have too much. John Morant has been a fun show. Jaron Jackson, I love that guy. Steven Adams, I don't know how he's done it. He's like the lumberjack of the NBA at the moment since Christian Leitner is gone. Shout out to Christian Leitner. But the Warriors are just too much. If this becomes more than a six-game series or five I will go five games. If they get one game, two, you know, good for them. But I think the Warriors turn it up now and win this in five. Eastern Conference was the same as the West, all chalk. The Heat were the one seed. Hawks, the eight seed. They won 4-1. 76ers, the four. Raptors, a five. Sixers won 4-2. Bucks beat the Bulls, the three and the six seed, 4-1. Celtics were the two. Swept 4-0 the Nets, who were the seven. Again, will Kevin Durant get swept? Can the Bulls take revenge on the Bucks for whooping them the last couple years? Will Joel Embiid, James Harden, and company play together? Will James Harden show up? Are the Heat for real? Are they a for real number one team without a crazy megastar? Jimmy Butler is a star, not a superstar, not a crazy megastar. Can they do it? Can they get back to the finals? They missed last year, but they were there the year before. Lost to the Lakers. Heat start off winning game one against the 76ers. They play again tomorrow. I think the Heat can really do it. Joel Embiid is awesome. James Harden is awesome. They have a couple other good players. But the Heat are for real. They have options everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. Tyler Hero just won Sixth Man of the Year award. First Heat player to ever do so. He came off the bench and scored 30 points or more eight times this season. That's insane. You know how many starters don't do that? 30 points in eight games. He did it off the bench. Already said Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Bam Emadio, who I absolutely love. They're stacked. They have a deep team and a team that plays the game well. There's no iso ball. They move the ball, fast break buckets, and they can all shoot. 76ers, you got Harden who's going to dribble around. You got Embiid that's going to back people down until he sees somebody open because there's a double or he's going to make a move. Embiid could score 40 points every game. If you check the others, you got the series. And that's what I hope happens. I hope the Heat do it. I think they're for real. The Bucks and the Celtics. I really want to see the Heat and the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final. That, to me, would be awesome. And I think the Bucks are going to be too much. Game 1 was a blowout in the heat of the Bucks. Game 2 was a blowout in the favor of the Celtics. But the Bucks are just a well-oiled machine. The Celtics came on late and have been on fire. Obviously, getting the 2 seed, they're no slouches. Jason Tatum's amazing. Jalen Brown's amazing. But who is going to stop Giannis? And who are they going to try to D up when the last shot comes? Because the Bucks got shooters everywhere. 
I just think the Bucks got too much and they're going to take this. So that's what I want to see. I want to see the Heat versus the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final, and I want to see the Suns and the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Let's see what happens. All these games are interesting, especially now we only got eight teams left. The season flew by. I feel like the debut of the season was just yesterday. We're already eight teams left. Crazy. Over the weekend, we had a spectacle called the NFL Draft. And man, was this one wild. It was April 28th to the 30th. A couple days ago, it was over the weekend. And this draft, the 2022 draft, the 87th draft, that's a lot of drafts. We've been doing this for a long time. But this was the first one that was in Las Vegas, which kind of surprised me. I know they do them in New York and been to other places, LA. But first time in Las Vegas, that was surprising. Probably because now, you know, sports gambling is legal, so why not just have it in Vegas? Prop bets on the NFL draft? Spend some jelly beans? Maybe. This draft was definitely wild. I already said that, but man, the first five picks were all on defensive players. That's the second most since there were six in 1991. Five Georgia players, defensive players from Georgia in the first round. That's the most from any school ever. The defense was sick and won a national championship, so it makes sense, but man, that's crazy that they're the first ones to ever do that. It's not like they're the first college team to have an amazing defense to win a national championship. But this year, quarterbacks were on a little downhill slide. Running backs, there was zero selected in the first round. One quarterback was taken in the first round at 20, the lowest since 1997. And the running back thing, none in the first round. Last time that happened was 2014. I don't know for sure, for sure, but before that, probably never. Also in the first round, nine offensive linemen were chosen. So people are like, you know what? We don't need these flashy positions, the flashy stars. We need the nuts and bolts. We need the safeties. We need the offensive tackles. We need the left guard. We need the center. We need the linebackers. We need the defensive ends. And that's what they went after. I was kind of impressed because usually that's not how it goes. You throw a little highlight on a quarterback from North Carolina or from Cincinnati and all of a sudden he's in the first round when at the beginning of the season nobody knew who he was. That's usually how this works. But not this year. I think teams are being smart. Like, hey, we need the nuts and bolts. We'll worry about that later. What was also crazy, though, nine trades, first round picks. That's never been done before. Super crazy. People were wheeling and dealing as much as they could. So just a lot of differences in this NFL draft they will probably never see again, or at least not for a while, especially the quarterback thing. I never thought in 2022 we would see that, especially the first time since 1997 that it's been as low as 20. Well, since we're talking about this, I was going to go over the first five picks first, but I guess I have to do this for comedic relief right now. The quarterback that did get picked at 20 was Kenny Pickett, played at Pittsburgh. He was drafted by Pittsburgh, the Steelers. But it's funny. Didn't they sign Mitchell Trubisky to be their starting quarterback? And they're the only team to draft a quarterback in the first round. I think that is hilarious. I'm a Bears fan. I have friends that are Bears fans since day one. Trying to tell me that Trubisky is going to go to Pittsburgh and be this great quarterback that he should have been with Chicago. I've been saying he's not accurate. He doesn't see the field. It's not going to work. He's not going to be a top 10 quarterback. I may have said top 15. Top 10 or top 15. I have some jelly beans on this. But then they draft a quarterback in the first round. So now he's got somebody leaning over his shoulder. I just think the situation's hilarious. I'm never trying to take anybody's job from them or tell them that they're not good. But Mitchell Trubisky failed as an NFL quarterback. He had three seasons, four seasons to do it with the Bears, and he didn't do anything except look bad except for a couple highlights. You need way more than a couple highlights to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
He's not the guy. He's not. Pittsburgh already knows this. If they didn't, why didn't they get a lineman? Why didn't they get a defensive player? No, they went after a quarterback because they know their quarterback is not good. Now, I'm going to quit bashing Mitchell Trubisky, but seriously, that's what happened there. Let's go over the first five picks to see these defensive players and where they end up going. With the first pick of the 2022 draft, sounding like Commissioner Roger Goodell, Trevon Walker, defensive end from Georgia, was selected by the Jacksonville Jags. The dude is 6'5", 272 pounds, and he was a junior on this national championship team. So three seasons in college ball, 36 games. He had 65 tackles, 34 solo, 13 tackles for loss, and six sacks. Okay, not a great resume, but again, he's on that Georgia defense that was one of the best we've seen in quite some time. Wins a national championship. Maybe that was one of the spotlights that are usually on quarterbacks. It just changed his way and bumped him up the pedestal a little bit. If I was drafting and I was the Jacksonville Jaguars, I would have took the dude at number two. Aiden Hutchinson, a defensive end from Michigan. This past season, he won the Lombardi Award, the Ted Hendrickson Award, which is the best defensive end in the country, and the Lott Trophy. The Lombardi Award is for your values that Vince Lombardi, rest in peace, legendary coach for the Green Bay Packers, he instilled in football and his players and his program. That's what that award's for. The Lott Trophy is for impact. I forget what each of them stand for, but it's integrity, things of that nature that make you a great player. He was also Chicago Tribune Silver Football Award winner, and he was a Heisman runner-up to Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama. So this dude won four awards, was the Heisman runner-up, and has the stats to back it up. Throughout his career, 43 games, 153 tackles, 81 solo, 26.5 tackles for loss, 18.5 sacks, and four forced fumbles. He's actually from Plymouth, Michigan. He played at the University of Michigan and gets drafted to the Detroit Lions. The only reason I said the Detroit Lions kind of last when I'm talking about this guy is because if there's any team that can figure out a way to squander a great athlete, it's the Detroit Lions. But this guy is for real, for real, going to be a monster defensive end. He's got all the stats. He's the Wolverine single season sack record holder with 14 that he just set this past season. He knows how to play the game. He's ferocious. And he puts up numbers, even as a defensive end. Are you crossing your fingers to make sure that Detroit doesn't do this again and ruin a player? I know I am. With the third pick, the Houston Texans selected Derek Stingley Jr., a cornerback from LSU. As a freshman, this dude was the man. At six foot, 195 pounds, he was the starting cornerback as a freshman in 2019, which was the year the LSU Tigers won the national championship. As a freshman, he led the SEC with six interceptions, 21 passes defended or deflected, and he was an All-American. However, as a sophomore or junior, he did not have that same kind of impact. His numbers went down from year to year. So I'm interested to see what he's going to do in the NFL. If he can get back to his freshman year status, he's obviously a crazy athlete. He knows the game. He took the world by storm as a freshman. So let's see what he can do with the Houston Texans. The fourth pick. Ahmed Gardner, but we're going to call him by his nickname, which is Sauce. The dude goes by Sauce, which I think is cool. So Sauce Gardner, cornerback from the University of Cincinnati, was selected by the New York Jets. He's 6'3", 200 pounds. He was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year this past season. Of course, an All-American. He's a three-time first-team All-AAC member, and he's got the numbers to back it up. 
In three seasons, 33 games, 99 tackles, 68 solo, 5.5 tackles for loss, 9 interceptions, 103 yards, and 2 touchdowns off of those interceptions. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. The Jets trying to get back in the game with some defense. They've been down a couple years. They need all the help they can get. And the fifth pick, the New York Giants took Kayvon Thibodeau, an outside linebacker from Oregon, 6'4", 255 pounds. In 2018, he was the USA Today's High School Football Defensive Player of the Year. So this guy's been, been looked at for a long time as just a stud. So what's he do? He goes to college and proves it. He was the Pac-12 Defensive Freshman Player of the Year. He wins the Morris Trophy in 2020, and then he's an All-American in 2021 as a junior. Three years, 30 games, 126 tackles, 84 solo, 35.5 for loss, 19 sacks, and three forced fumbles. The dude straight got it done. So, there wasn't any quarterbacks, no running backs, no wide receivers in these first five picks, but man, am I excited to see them play. The things that they were able to do in college and leading great programs defensively, they're ball players, and I'm excited to see what they can do on the field. Let's get NFL started right now. Come on, let's bring it on. Edge of Your Seat Podcast is excited to announce a new sponsor. Supreme Safety by SureStep. As a business owner, one of the issues you have to be aware of is injury and liability to your staff. An injury can lead to open shifts because an employee is unable to work, a possible lawsuit, and other grievances at the workplace. Supreme Safety by SureStep is a woman-owned business based out of Tonica that is here to help eliminate those injuries and liabilities, which are the number one workman's compensation claim in America. Supreme Safety is a non-slip treatment that will not change the look, texture, or appearance of the tile it's placed on, whether it's residential, business, indoor, or outdoor applications. The non-slipness has been independently tested in labs, as SureStep has achieved the highest dynamic coefficient of friction in the industry. Competitors are slipping to catch up. There is absolutely no business downtime as the tile or floor Supreme Safety is applied to can be worked on, stepped on, jumped on, danced on, right after the treatment is applied. Supreme Safety by SureStep also offers strip waxing non-slip coatings for a little extra stick with some texture and look changes to the applied surface. Call Mary Jane Orozco at 815-488-6565 to get Supreme Safety by SureStep today. What did the Bears do at this draft? They had no first round picks, but they had two in the second, one in the third, two in the fifth, three in the sixth, and three in the seventh. And I was happy. They did the same thing that I was talking about the teams that did in the first round. They went to the nuts and bolts. What did the Chicago Bears do last season? They gave up long passes. They couldn't stop the run at times. The defense looked bad. They got old real fast. They traded Khalil Mack, which I thought was a really good move. They got some value out of somebody who in my mind, needed to be traded. They got a second round pick and two sevenths for trading away Khalil Mack. Super pumped up about that. Then they went after defensive ends, offensive tackles, a punter, a third round wide receiver, the nuts and bolts to help this team build. We keep going after the splash. Let's get Mitchell Trubisky. He's going to be great. So we trade up to take him second in the draft. And he bombs. Let's go over this star wide receiver that's going to be a number one option, and he's going to be amazing. And he bombs. We did get 
Roquan Smith, awesome pick. Love him. Probably one of my favorite Bears. A couple other guys that are in this mix. David Montgomery, running back. Love him. My guy. But it doesn't always work that way. So they went nuts and bolts, and I love it. In the second round, with the 39th pick, they took Washington cornerback Kyler Gordon. And with the 48th pick, also in the second round, this was the pick from the Chargers, who we made the trade for Khalil Mack with, from Penn State, safety Jaquan Brisker. So we get a cornerback and a safety to boost the secondary. I had issues all year. I love Eddie Jackson, but he was kind of getting burnt. They just didn't have those glue tough pieces that the Bears are known for having. Not going to lie, did not see Penn State or Washington play this year. But if the Bears are picking in the second round, maybe that's the caliber, the kind of players that they want. The gritty, let's tackle, because that's been the staple of the Chicago Bears. I don't see why they would go any other direction. The 71st pick in the third round, they took wide receiver Vellis Jones Jr. from Tennessee. We definitely need wide receiver help. Allen Robinson is gone. Darnell Mooney is our number one wide receiver. Byron Pringle is our number two. And already on the depth chart, Vellis Jones Jr. is the third. He's the slot wide receiver. We needed the nuts and bolts. We needed the guy to slash through the middle, take a slant route, get a 10-yard gain, an 8-yard gain, set up for a first down. I'm happy with it. I think it was a great pick. A lot of value in the third round. In the fifth, the 168th pick, they went offensive tackle from Southern Utah, Braxton Jones, which was a trade from the Bills. Chicago traded... Their fifth pick at 148 to the Bills for a fifth round pick, this 168, and a sixth round pick, 203rd. Great trade. Got two players for one, and you only lost about 20 spots and got a pretty solid offensive tackle. Definitely cool with it. Fifth round pick, 174, Dominique Robinson, defensive end from Miami of Ohio. And this was with a trade with the Bengals. Actually, multiple teams as Arizona, Philadelphia, Houston, Cincinnati, and Chicago all involved in this trade. The sixth round with the 186th pick of the draft. Offensive tackle from San Diego State, Zachary Thomas. Again, big guy. We need all the offensive line help that we can get. That was a struggle point for us last year. No doubt about it. The Bears got tore up in the line. Yeah, it's a draft. They're young. They're rookies. But they bring some fresh energy and hopefully can help this line out. The 203rd pick in the sixth round, they selected running back Tristan Ebner from Baylor. This was part of the Bills trade as well. I would say he would not get used, but as we saw last year, Chicago Bears went through like five running backs. They all did well. They all did well. So we'll see if Ebner gets in the mix and see what he can do. Also in the sixth round, 207th pick took center Doug Kramer from Illinois. This was a trade with Houston also for some picks. Again, we need all the offensive line help we can get. Why not grab a center? We did it again in the seventh round. 226 pick. Offensive guard from Southern, Jatir Carter. Let's get some beef. 254 in the seventh round. Elijah Hicks, a safety from California. Part of the MAC trade with LA. 255, punter. Trenton Gill from North Carolina State. Part of that deal with LA for Khalil Mack. Just a lot of depth. And grabbed 11 players. Hopefully, they all find a spot. Hopefully, they push the people that are already on the team, make them better. Whatever you got to do. But we need a better team in Chicago. And hopefully, with this draft, I think they're going to be okay. Might not see the success right away, but they got some talent, the nuts and bolts to make it happen in the future. This show is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. 
the staff of general manager Ski Hartman, and his associates Jason Hintz and Doug Safranic pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Doug Safranic is from Mendota, Basketball Player of the Year in 2003, and is ready to use his knowledge of vehicles to connect with your wishes to get you the vehicle you're searching for. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for six years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Ski, Jason, and Doug will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. On Saturday, it was pretty cool. Watch some fights. I haven't watched some boxing or UFC in a while. Checked out the prelims and UFC. It was a couple cool fights, but nothing crazy. I was actually more impressed with the boxing that came on after the prelims of UFC went off air. Had no idea Muhammad Ali's grandson is boxing. Nico Ali Walsh is now 5-0, won on Saturday via knockout. And man, it was a first round knockout and he set it up perfectly. Hits him with the left, brings down his guard on the right, and just decks him. Dude hits the ring like a ton of bricks. It was crazy. What was super cool, yeah, we all know Muhammad Ali, and they were pumping it up. The whole time, talking about Ali being his grandfather, kept showing his mom and his dad in the stands, so Ali's daughter, and also brought up something cool that I thought was really cool, is on his trunks, it says Nico, and it's like a signature. It's not like stitched on or anything like that, just normal text. It's a signature. It happens to be Muhammad Ali's signature of Nico. He wrote a letter to his grandson, and they took the name off of the letter and put it on his trunks. That is super dope. Like, that is so cool. If I was his grandson, I would have to be a boxer too. I feel like anybody would. It's got to be in your blood, right? It's obviously in his. He's 5-0 and and moving on up the cards. So good for him. The main event was unifying the junior heavyweight world title belts. Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson. I had a feeling that Stevenson was going to win just because of all the insight that they were giving into this guy's life. He's one of nine children. In a name like Shakur, you gotta know who he's named after. Ever heard of a guy named Tupac? His mom named him after that. One of nine kids named after an iconic rapper. Gotta be a boxer, right? You gotta be on live TV on a Saturday and unify the junior heavyweight world title belts. That ain't even it, because after he wins by decision, he proposes to his wife. Craziness. It was a lot of fun to watch. I feel like I watch history. We'll be talking about this in 10 years or so after he's like named the pound for pound greatest or something because that's how they were setting this fight up oscar valdez and stevenson really great fighters and setting them up to be the next manny pacquiao oscar de la hoya on that realm that's what they're trying to do and they need to do that because they don't have those type of stars anymore so it makes all the sense in the world let's see if they can hold on and do it though maybe we get a valdez stevenson round two spring is supposed to be here it started march 19th i believe We're in May, it's May 3rd, and it's still cold, it's still rainy, it's still windy, but we're so close. You can feel it starting to break. Hasn't quite broke yet, but it's going to. 
So since we're closer to nicer weather, it means we're closer to outside family gatherings. In preparation, we have to have everything ready just to make it go right. The yard landscape, the grill full of charcoal or new gas tanks, and of course, our home looking amazing. It's the perfect time for those renovations to showcase your humble abode, your asylum, your world, your home. Olson Construction is a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson have the skills and 10 years of experience to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, formulate, and percolate. It's time for the percolator. Home renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. For a free estimate, call 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Well, that's going to do it for the intro. Let's get to Riley Klima playing softball, Rockford University, has senior night, plays four away games on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then is deployed with the Army on Thursday. Salute to her. Happy Memorial Day a little early. Thank you for fighting for our country. It's always a pleasure to speak to Riley, and this was no different. So let's share it with you. Until next time, peace. On Sunday, April 24th, heavy opportunity to go see, I'm going to say a friend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you a friend. Play some softball one more time. I'm talking about Riley Clemma. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did I just do it again? <laughs> yep. I'm not going to lie. I kind of did that on purpose. I set that one up. I see ya. Riley Clemma, one more time, in the circle for Rockford University. Riley, this has got to be crazy. Like, senior year, you're you're almost done. Yeah, it went by so fast. Honestly, I remember being a freshman out there and then next thing you know it's my senior night and I don't know where the time went. When you told me that and you're like hey these are my senior night games if you want to go I'm like I thought that too I was like it's senior night in college already? Like I thought that. Yeah I remember senior night in high school like yesterday and then it's like four years later that's crazy. But the funny thing is, or not funny, however you want to look at it, it's through that time and before and after, you were going to be called Riley Clemma and Riley Klima forever. Always. So I kind of had to set that up because I've done that your entire life as well. I mean, I don't blame you. Let's kind of elaborate on that. I mean, it's senior night, you're in the circle, and I know the thought of like, hey, this, this is like one of my last games. Like, what is going on, you know, mentally? I know you want to play your best and you know sports so you want to have that storybook ending written ready to go but you know it's sports and it doesn't always work that way so how are you going through the process of like trying to make sure you're playing your best and you know still being able to do that actually um so this season i've been struggling with a lot of shoulder problems and it actually started last season too and they've just been getting worse so going into this game our last home game and I just wanted to be able to do the best I knew I could do with the shoulder problems. So I was kind of fighting through that through the game. But I wanted to be able to play one more home game and show my dad. Like, my last game, the only second game he got to see this season, 
emotions were high. It wasn't easy going through the game knowing that I have done better, but knowing that this is the best I had right now. I'm happy I got to finish with the group of people I was with. They made it all the better. I knew I had a great team behind me to back me up in the circle. I had a lot of people come out and watch me, which was awesome. They made the drive. It was nice being able to have one last home game with everyone that was there. I was talking to your dad, and he's like, man, you're part of the Riley fan club, too. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm honored to be a part of that fan club. Yeah, there was a lot of people that showed up. I invited quite a few, just like, I don't know, the people that I wanted to see that game. Like, I wanted to be there. And everyone showed up, and I couldn't have been more happy. Like, seeing everyone after the game, it was awesome. All the support. It was really great, really. Well, I know I was honored and thankful that I was part of the invite list. So, thank you for Magic VRC Podcast and me, Brandon LaChance. Thank you. Thanks for coming. It meant a lot. No doubt. But it was windy. <laughs> Rockford <laughs> University, where you guys play in that sports complex, which that sports complex is awesome. Yeah, it is. That is like a wind tornado tunnel from, wow, <laughs> like it's bad. Yeah, there's no doubt that there's always going to be that much wind. Whatever the wind is at a normal place, you go out to that complex, it's going to be 20 times worse. And what was the name of that complex? It's in Love's Park, uh, correct? Yeah, it's Sports Corner 2. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. It's really nice. The Is it the Rivets? Yeah, it's right next to the Rivets Stadium. And I had been there for a game before, probably like, I don't know, it has to be close to 10 years now. But yeah, I uh, went there a game before, and I don't know if it was all built like it is now. Yeah, I think they definitely added to it. That's actually where the Rockford University baseball team plays. They play at the Rivet Stadium now. And that's a yeah. beautiful stadium. That's a really, really nice place to play. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Just for the people that don't know, which... If you're in the Illinois Valley and you've been around here for a little bit, you co- you follow sports, you know the name of Riley. Do they have to say the last name? They might just know you by Riley. Some, maybe, but... <laughs> Are you graduated from Mendota in... I'm awful with 20, 2018. 2018. Man. So it's been a while. Yeah, I remember, man, I've covered you since you first started playing. I remember freshman year. You and Mary Wackerlin, like, that was the show to go see. That was a duo I will never, ever forget in my life. I think uh, the softball player of the year was between two lady Trojans. It was either you or her. We definitely had competitions between each other, whether it was batting or making different plays on the field. We had that friendly competition, and I think it helped push us to be better for each other and for the team. Then I remember a few months ago... You had sent me a text of a photo of me interviewing you, and that was after the first regional title for the Mendota softball program ever. Yes, it was. Let's talk about being a part of that team. I mean, there's been a lot of great softball players through Mendota, and for you to be part of that first team, that had to be an amazing feeling. Being able to be a part of that game on graduation day, and then being able to show the plaque at graduation, and let everyone know that, hey, we just made history at Mendota High School. Like, like that was awesome. That was such a great feeling. Like, I don't know. It was awesome. Was it just a little awesome or, like, super awesome? It was super awesome. It was beyond super awesome. <laughs> and then being able, after graduation, seeing the team after us continue to win regionals, I mean, I feel like we started something there. Like, Yeah, the success continued. Coach Well Perez and the team just kind of continued to add, continued to be good year in, year out. 
And I love to see it because it's like that's an amazing feeling that I want everyone to be able to feel. It's great. And then we go to Rockford University. Not too far from Mendota. It's a good hour drive, maybe. I think we made it in like 45, actually. No, we did not speed. But um, great place to play softball. I mean, there's a lot of talented people out there. But Lakeland was just, they were nasty with their bats. Yes, they were. They definitely knew how to hit. The team that I've been playing with, the team I started with, the team to now, I have seen so much growth in this program from when I started. And I really thank the players because we're really good at picking each other up, helping each other out when, any, when anyone needs it, any tips here and there, and we just play well together, and I feel like it shows. You were the starting pitcher for the second game of a back-to-back doubleheader, and when you were taken out of the game, who's number one? I seen you guys doing the little you know, handshakes and stuff between every inning. Seemed like that was your buddy. That's my girl. That's Mariah. Yeah. We've been going game to game this season. We pick each other up very well. We work together. We understand each other on a whole different level to where we feel so comfortable when the other person goes in because we know that we got each other. Like, we know that it's all support. It's all love. Like, we've worked so well with each other the past couple years. I wouldn't want to work with anyone else. Like, she's got my back. I got hers. And I know that's how it'll always be. So that's your ride or die. That's my ride or die. I could tell instantly, like, when I was watching and stuff, just the way you guys interact, and I'm like, yeah, oh, look, I think that's her friend. <laughs> yep, for sure, yeah. Lakeland, after, I'm going to say, the first half inning, you couldn't get anything past them. I think they were hitting balls into was, the outfield nonstop. I didn't know how they were doing it. I would throw strikes, and then I would try and go off the plate. Sometimes I'd go way off the plate, and they'd still get a bat on it, and I just... I think they were getting lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wind helped too. Like they had a couple, oh. they had a couple dingers, and I'm like, if that wind is going the opposite direction or not even a little bit helping out, that's not over the fence. Uh, no, yeah, that's one of the tough things about playing there. Depending on which way the wind goes, it's either going to help you or it's going to hurt you. There's no in between. I would definitely describe that as a hitter's ballpark for sure. Oh. 100%. Unless someone's blowing in, and then you're just going to pop everything up. During this game, I noticed that you didn't bat, and I was talking to your dad, and he's like, she hasn't been to the plate since her freshman year. That surprises me, because if I was a coach, I would definitely have you batting every game that I could get you to. Yeah, so I went to basic training, got to college nine months later. I couldn't touch a ball. I don't know what it was, but I struggled at the plate hard, and then I noticed... It was affecting my mental game when I would go out and pitch. So I asked to be taken out of the lineup so I could focus on the pitching side of things. And it has benefited me a lot. And at this point, I know there's so many better hitters than me on our team. I wouldn't want to take that slot to potentially be frustrated back out on the mound. Gotcha. So it was an individual decision from you, like, hey, this isn't going well for me anymore. Don't know what happened, but something happened, and I don't want it to affect the other part of my game. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed. I was like, oh, I should be in the batting order eventually. And then when it went around, I'm like, hmm, okay. 
And then I was talking to your dad. Then he was like telling me that you hadn't since freshman year. And I was like trying to figure out why. But I'm glad that, uh, you know, you made that decision instead of somebody else saying like, hey, we're not going to use you for your bat. But if you don't want to, then that's okay. No, yeah, I definitely had the opportunity given to me. And it did not go well at all. So I hung up the cleats on that part of the game. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. My roommate actually bats for me now. And who's that? Uh, Number 15, Emily Cox. She hit a massive home run. I can't remember if it was in the first, I think it was the first game she hit it. She actually broke the home run record at RU for career home runs. I think she hit the home run in the second game because I remember 15 hitting a home run. There was also number 18 that hit a home run in the second game. And her name's also Emily. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it could have been. I don't quite, you know, it was the second game she hit it. Yeah, because I think there was two home runs. Because I remember, I think it was 15 hit the first one. And yep. then uh, 18 hit the home run after there was a debacle and a call by the umpire. And then somebody was called out on first saying that she left too early. And your coach was getting upset because they were arguing back and forth amongst the umpires what had happened. So then they called that person an out. And 18 was at the bat as this was all happening. And then yep. she hit the home run. <laughs> yeah, she she hit that one out of spite. She was like, I have to do this now. Yeah, there were some people behind me that were getting really, really animated towards the umpires. Oh, I bet. That doesn't surprise me at all. It was kind of entertaining, but then after a while, it's like, okay, bro, we understand. We know what's going on. Yeah, like, calm down a little. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody's got something to say, right? Oh, they do. They do for sure. I'm glad you also brought it up when you said you left for basic training last time that you were on Edge of Your Seat podcast, and you were on, like, in the first probably, like, 15 or 20 shows. Right now, I don't know what number exactly you'll be, but right now we're at 221, so probably, like, 200 episodes later. Oh, wow. But we met at Northbrook in Mendota because yes. you were being honored or, or not honored, but you were, like, the, a guest speaker for Northbrook talking to the kids about you know your decisions in sports and now in the army and that's the last time we had talked at least for a podcast or a story or anything like that and then now you have a lot of things going on so what's the next move for you in the army i am actually getting deployed and i leave thursday morning i will do some training for the first month and then we're gonna head overseas we'll be overseas for nine months and then when we come back, we're going to do some debriefings. And then I'll finally get to come home. So it'll be close to 10 months to a year that I'll be gone. Are you excited? Are you nervous? There's a lot of emotions toward it. I'm excited to be able to go and do something and serve my country, help out any way I can. Also very nervous. I've never done this before. I've never been deployed before. I don't know what to expect. Guess I'm kind of going into it, not quite like basic training, but in a similar fashion. I don't want to go off of other people's opinions. I want to make my own story out of it. You know, obviously, when we enlist in the military or things like that, we always know deployment is an option. When this happened, were you like, hey, okay, cool. Were you ready? How? What was your initial reaction when you found out that this was happening? I think I was like, oh... It's about time. Like, I knew it was going to happen. Didn't quite know when it was going to happen. So I wasn't too surprised by it because there had been talk about it in the past. 
about going other places and then the plans fell through but this one's for sure I think I was semi-prepared for it just because of all the other potential ones. It hadn't really hit me. They were like, yes, we're getting deployed. But it hasn't really, it didn't hit me then like it has hit me this week. This week has been very high emotions toward the subject because of how fast it did come up and how close it is. Yeah, there's a lot of mixed feelings about it. So today is Monday, April 25th, and you're legitimately leaving in three days on Thursday. So this is a quick turnaround. I mean, you're in school, you're playing softball, you're visiting family, and then, bam, you're on an airplane. Yep, and actually, we have games Tuesday night and Wednesday night, so I'm going to get home maybe around 9 o'clock from softball games, going to go to sleep and wake up probably five hours later and start getting ready to head out. Wow. So you're, yeah. then you're not going to make the postseason for your team. You're just kind of leaving right at the end of the regular season. Yep, I'm missing two regular season games, possibly three. So I do have to cut out a little early, but I'm glad I was able to play as many as I was able to. And at least you got to play in the last home games. Yes, I'm glad senior night was before I had to leave. But you couldn't tell the Army, like, hey, can we uh, wait a couple days? You know, I got some games. How about we go the following Thursday? You probably couldn't do that, could you? I mean, I could try, but they'd probably shut me down real quick. <laughs> like, no, sorry, Riley, you're on our terms, our time. Actually, that doesn't work for me, so, uh... I was in the National Guard, so I understand exactly how all that works. Yeah. My weekend for National Guards was actually the weekend of my high school graduation, too. Oh, really? And for me to not have to go so I could graduate high school and, like, stay with my family and stuff was like pulling teeth... It was very, very excruciating to try to go through the process of them saying, okay, it's okay if you don't come. It does seem like that sometimes. I had to miss a few games earlier this season because we had to go up to the range and do our range weekends. And you can't miss those, and we all had to qualify to be able to deploy. So I didn't like missing the games, but I had to do what I had to do. No doubt. What was your family's initial reaction i know you're really close with your family saw all them at the game yesterday got to say hi and talk to them catch up i know you guys are all really close what was their reaction when they're like hey mom dad i'm getting deployed well the first question my mom asked me was is it real this time because all the other ones they fell through and so i told her i said well it sounds like it is but i'll keep you updated but i'm gonna believe it when i'm there like all that type of stuff but there's a lot of emotions toward it. They're very proud of me, but they're also sad that I have to go and scared because there's so much unknown. They have all these questions that I don't even have answers for because they're the same questions I have. So it's really hard to even try and talk about it because there's not much to talk about. It's like trying to fill in the blank spots as much as you can, but not having the info to fill those in. Yes. There's a lot of question marks. Unfortunately, and I'm not talking any smack on any military branch, but there is a lot of that in the U.S. military. Definitely. Definitely. But I know I'm happy for you. I know that you're excited. Even though you know those nerves are there, but like I said, once you get in the military, you know at any time that you could be asked to leave. So I know when you put your name on the dotted line to join the Army that you're prepared for this. You're ready. Yes. I knew what I was signing up for. Are you receiving a degree from Rockford University? I 
degree in criminal justice and my minor is in psychology. Gotcha. And is there any type of graduation day? Are you getting a diploma? Uh, do you have to wait until you come back? How is that process working? So since I came in at semester, when I first started college, I actually have one whole semester left. So I'm hoping when I get back, I'll probably get back in the middle of spring of 23. So I'm going to probably just work the rest of the year and then come back spring of 24. Because if I finish in the spring, I potentially might be able to play another season depending on how my shoulder is and a couple other minor details. But that's the potential plan right now. So not only are you getting deployed, going to fight for our country, then you can come back, do another semester of school, play another season of softball, and act like nothing happened and life was just where it was at. Yeah, you know, it's just a big old pause, I guess. <laughs> just hitting that pause button on life and then coming back. Yep. Just a minor, uh, small vacation. For sure. But I mean, when I think of you, that kind of, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you're all about living life and doing things, living things, having experiences. So why not have this different kind of crazy experience in the middle of the college, playing softball, getting a degree part of your life, and just putting them in the middle of each other. I mean, knowing you, it kind of makes sense. I know. I wouldn't expect it any other way, honestly. Like, why not make it as hard as possible, you know? Yeah, no reason to make things easy. Easy gets boring, you know? Well, Riley, every single guest on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we have play a game. Let's play some hot potato. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure you're ready? But don't make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> So in Hot Potato, I'll give you two people, places, food items, all kinds of stuff, and you just tell me which one you like better. Sounds good. All right, because I'm looking at Pez dispensers of these characters right now. Timon or Pumbaa? Timon. Simba or Mufasa? Uh, Simba. Yeah, that's a hard one because Simba is the ultimate lion, and there's really nobody in that movie that can measure up to him. I mean, we're talking about Lion King. It is the movie. I know. Yeah, so it has to be Simba. Sonic the Hedgehog or Mario? Mario. Batman or Superman? Batman. We're having tacos. Steak, beef, or chicken? You know, where are we having them from? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Since we're both from Mendota, we'll go to Laos. Thinking I might have to go with steak. What would be your other options from different places? Chicken. I usually go either steak or chicken. Beef is the very lowest option for me. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Mendota colors. Purple or gold? I'm going to have to go with purple. I went to RU. We got purple here. Live in the purple. Is that why you went to Rockford? You're like, hey, you got the right color, so that's why I'm going to go play softball for you. <laughs> that's not the full reason, but you know, it definitely, it definitely helped my decision. At the game yesterday... I saw this gentleman with a Rockford University hoodie on, purple-ish pants, and then purple Crocs. We like to go all out at Rockford, so uh, we live purple. We live purple. Yeah, no doubt. And this guy, was he He was down. He was ready for the cause. Oh, for sure. Cows or elephants? I'm allergic to cows, so I'm going to have to go with elephants. How are you allergic to cows? <laughs> Their hair. I don't know. It makes... It makes my face swell up, it makes everything swell up and itchy, so I just, I don't mess with cows. How did you figure this out? Like, it's not like a normal 
you know, allergy. Like, hey, I'm allergic to, uh, you know, something in a dish soap or whatever. How do you figure out you're allergic to cows? Well, when I was younger, I have some family members that live on a farm. And so being around all that, I just started, my face started swelling up. No one knew what was going on. They thought I was going to die. Like, I was crazy. And then it all got taken care of. And in the end, turns out I'm allergic to cows. Okay. Fun fact about Riley. I got it. <laughs> there it is. Allergic to cows. Wow. That's got to be a, a nice conversation, like a icebreaker. I never have trouble with icebreakers. <laughs> That'd be funny. You go on a first date. It's like, what are you allergic to? I'm allergic to cows. You better not live on a farm. <laughs> you know, I uh, might start using that. Maybe. Maybe. And one more for the road, because you're on the road. Phone reception in Illinois, phone reception in Wisconsin. <laughs> well, right now I would have to go with phone reception in Illinois. <laughs> Since we've just lost each other about ten times, just trying to get the last couple minutes of this done. I think that was the longest part, It's the last couple questions. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, again, thank you for inviting me out to your final games at home for Rockford University. It's been a pleasure watching you play softball. We've become friends. Uh, now I am very happy, excited for you on your new quest in the Army and being deployed. That's, to me, it's fantastic. You know, when I joined, like I said, I joined the National Guard. When I joined, I kind of wanted that to happen. I was like, I want to go overseas. I want to go somewhere else and see what happens. I know it can be scary. You know, we're still talking about the military and war and things like that. But it's awesome that you're doing that for our country. So thank you for joining us and, you know, telling us all your stories, Riley. Thank you so much for having me.